0: Hello, we are so glad that you could join us today. Our prayer is that as you listen to the word, you would take this time to draw nearer to God as an individual and as a family. God loves you so, so much, and his desire is for you to get closer to him in this season through worship, through dwelling in his word and prayer.
1: It's so great for us to be able to gather together and to worship together in the name of our lord jesus christ i am only saddened by the fact that we can't do so in public we are reaching out through the medium of the uh social media through uh video and i want to thank all of you for the support that you continue to give the ministry uh, it costs us more money to do it this way because we're uh, having to do multiple productions And so I want to thank you for the financial support as well as the prayers that go with this. And I want to ask you to continue to pray that we reach more souls, reach more people. And don't be afraid to text people and tell them, hey, we're on, or send the link to people because I believe that the messages that we're talking and speaking about and preaching are life in this situation. I want to pick up some teaching today that we had in our daily reading this week. And I, I want to encourage all of you to make it a habit to do the daily reading. You make it a habit to read the Bible, because the Bible is your strength. It's the very thing that keeps you alive in hard times. A strong spirit, man, can only be fed by your Bible. and The Bible tells us that in sickness, in trouble, in, 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 in perilous times, it is the spirit of a man that sustains him. And so I want you to know you cannot be successful, you cannot be victorious, you cannot come out of fear, you cannot come into the light unless your spirit, man, is strong. So today I want to take a, a message out of the book of Acts, and we were reading in the 26th chapter, and I entitled this, We Are Not Mad, We Are Saved. So in Acts chapter 26, we see the Apostle Paul, and uh, he's standing before Festus, and here, here's what he says. He says in verses 24 and 25, he says, And as he thus spake for himself, Festus said with a loud voice, Paul, you are beside yourself. Much learning has made thee mad. But he said, I am not mad, most noble Festus, but I speak forth the words of truth and soberness. You see, the apostle Paul is on trial before King Agrippa and the Roman governor Festus. And he's been given the opportunity to give a defense for his actions. Paul uses this setting as an opportunity to share his salvation testimony. Now, understand that both Festus and Agrippa were comfortable in their pagan practices. Uh, When these two agnostic rulers hear Paul testifying about all that had happened to him and what Jesus whom Paul identifies as his Lord and his Savior, has done for him. Festus declares Paul to be mad. You're a madman. He deduces that all of Paul's education and learning has driven him over the edge. He declares conclusively, Paul, you have lost your mind. You're a lunatic. You're crazy. Paul, you have gone crazy. You're not the man I used to know. You see, this word mad that we see here in the Bible comes from the word that gives us our word mania. It means to rave, to be mad, to be out of one's mind. Uh, A mania is defined as an obsession, an excessive and intense interest in something, or a psychiatric disorder characterized by excessive physical activity, rapidly changing ideas and impulsive behavior. These two pagan kings who are listening to Paul and he's giving his testimony, they knew of Paul's life before he became a Christian, before he became, before he came to Christ. And in light of what they are hearing, all they can do is conclude that he has gone absolutely stark raving mad. They, they, they deem him to be crazy. Now, when Paul hears this allegation he responds by saying, I'm not crazy. I'm a Christian. I'm a follower of Jesus, whom I believe to be the Messiah. Now, let me, let me explain this. Because we must also understand that when those who live in this world, uh, the world that is held in darkness by the God of this world, the devil, when they look at you and I, When they look at you and me as believers and at Christianity, when they look at this life that we have chosen to live for Jesus, they often conclude that we're crazy. Just like Paul, our response could very well be, no, I'm not crazy. I'm born again. I'm saved. This morning, we're going to look at three aspects of Paul's testimony. And I I want to apply these ideas to our lives so that we can understand how we too can testify for Christ in a world that is confused by darkness, and, and, and how we can hopefully understand why Festus and many unbelievers around us think that Paul and we are crazy. First of all, number one, Paul's teachings and the claims of Christ sound crazy to those that are lost. Listen to Acts chapter 22. Uh, verses 13 through 22. It says, about noon, King Agrippa, this is Paul giving his defense. He says, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground and I heard a voice saying to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Then I asked, who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up Stand on your feet, I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven, first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem, and in all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. That is why some Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this very day, and so I stand here to testify to small and great alike, I'm saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen. Now, we have to understand something. Paul is making some very strong claims. First of all, he said this. He says, I saw a light. Verse 13. Paul says that at noon, a light shined around me and my companions that eclipsed the power of the sun. Secondly, he says, he met the Lord Jesus Christ. The one Paul said he met on the road to Damascus was the same man that everybody knew had died on a cross outside Jerusalem by order of Pontius Pilate. Now, here is this crazy preacher saying that this dead Jesus was alive again. They knew that Jesus had been crucified. Now, here was Paul and a bunch of other people preaching that Jesus was alive. You see, this is a message that spoke to Jesus being the Messiah. It was a clear dividing line for the Jews and it demanding renouncing all of the gods from the Gentiles. This message made a radical claim in the culture of the Jews and the Gentiles. And it's just as radical for you and I today because either Jesus is Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. Paul's message also disturbed the peace. It made people feel uncomfortable. Paul preached the doctrine of the resurrection from the dead and because of this, there were many people, especially the Sadducees, that thought Paul had lost his ever living mind. Paul's teaching may have sounded bizarre, especially to the pagan Romans, but to anyone who knows the Lord Jesus Christ, you and I, his preaching makes perfect sense. Why? Because each of us who have been saved Seen the light, we have had our own encounter with the Lord Jesus Christ. First Peter 2 9. But you're a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of Him who has called us out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Anyone who's been born again can remember what it was like to be dead in trespasses and sins. Ephesians 2 1 says, In you hath He quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins. We know that the life of God has helped us to escape the power of the spirit of darkness that is in this world. In fact, Ephesians 2 and verse 2 says, where in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. See, in our past we, we, we walked in disobedience. We walked according to the prince of the power of this earth. We walked according to darkness. But now we're born again. You see, if you're born again, you can remember what it was like to be a child of wrath. Ephesians 2.3 says, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. When we're saved, we remember the way the Holy Spirit drew us to Jesus. John 6, says, No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him, and I will raise him up at the last day. If we're born again, we remember conviction over sin. And when we saw the light, we understood for the first time that Jesus and Jesus alone was our only hope. We remember the day that life and the light shone in our hearts. That was the day we too stopped kicking against the goats and we ran to him for salvation. You know, the fact that we can recall all those things doesn't mean that we're crazy, it just means that we're saved. When the world hears our testimony, the testimony of those who claim that they've been redeemed, they think we've gone crazy. There's good reason for this. The people of this world do not have a large capacity for faith. And you and I are talking about things that cannot be seen with the naked eye. We're proclaiming something that has to be accepted by faith. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, for it is the evidence of things not seen. You wanna talk about something that sounds crazy to most unbelievers? That some of you who have believed for a long time I think you probably take for granted. Think about this. We speak openly about a baby born of a virgin and a savior who was crucified, buried, and rose again. We believe in the power of his blood and how it washed away our sins. We believe in a God who we say created the universe and all that is in it. We believe that we have a home in a place called heaven. We believe that Jesus is coming in the clouds to raise the dead and call the living saints into the air that He will change us into His image in an instant and He'll take us home to heaven. Do you understand that we believe some things that sound crazy to the lost world? When we speak of such things, we do so because, not because we're crazy, but because we're saved. We have chosen to believe the Bible. We've chosen to take God. At his word. So number one, his teachings sounded crazy. Number two, his testimony sounded crazy. Think about all the things Paul was before he was saved. Number one, he was a religious man. Acts 26 verses 4 and 5 says, My manner of life from my youth, which was at first among mine own nation at Jerusalem, know all the Jews. They, they all know who I am which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify that after the most strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. Secondly, he was a zealous man. Acts 26, 11-9 says, I too uh, was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison, And when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. And then, number three, he was a man of considerable power and influence. Verse 12, it says, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. Now think about this, because what happened to Paul is truly amazing. When Paul met the risen Lord Jesus Christ, he simply walked away from the old life and began to serve his Lord and Savior. He abandoned everything that defined his old life. Now, it seemed crazy to those that saw and heard the changes in Paul's life. This very thing is, a, is, the, is the very picture of every born again man or woman. We have abandoned that old life. When we came as a lost sinner to Jesus Christ by faith, everything in our life changed. In fact, 2 Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Anytime a lost sinner is saved, the redeemed sinner, the new man or the new creature, is indwelled by the Spirit of God. They literally become, the Bible says, the temple of the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20 says, What? Know you not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God? and you're not your own, for you're bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You see, when we come to Christ, we are changed. We can no longer go where we used to go, or do what we used to do, or be who we used to be, or talk the way we used to talk, or walk the way we used to walk, or live the way we used to live. But we're not crazy, we're saved. When we encounter the old crowd we used to run with and they think we've lost our mind, remember, we're not crazy. We are just saved. When we find ourselves being ridiculed because we won't do the things those who are lost around us do, we're not crazy. We're saved. When no one seems to understand us and the stand we take for God, and when they tell us how much we're missing out on, we're not crazy, my friend. We are saved. So number one, his teaching sounded crazy. Number two, his testimony sounded crazy. And then finally, number three, his task sounded crazy. Listen to this. Acts 22, 16 through 22, it says, And now, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away thy sins, calling on the name of the Lord. And it came to pass that when I was come again to Jerusalem, even while I prayed in the temple, I was in a trance and saw him saying to me, Make haste and get thee quickly out of Jerusalem, for they will not receive your testimony concerning me. And I said, Lord, they know that I am prison and I beat it in every synagogue, them that believed on thee. And when the blood of thy martyr Stephen was shed, I also was standing by and consenting to his death. And I kept the raiment of them that slew him. And he said to me, Depart, for I will send thee far hence unto the Gentiles. And they gave him audience unto this word. And they lifted up their voices and said, Away with such a fellow from the earth, for it is not fit that he should live. (laughs) This is heavy stuff. Jesus called Paul to leave behind a life of influence, affluence power, position, prestige, prominence, and prosperity to go all over the world and tell everybody he meets that they must follow the Christ who died, who was buried, and was resurrected. They were supposed to follow the living Lord. That must have sounded absolutely ridiculous to everyone in that room. Listen to what Paul said to the Corinthians. He told them in 1 Corinthians 9, 16, he says, For when I preached the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. This morning, what I want you to understand is that the same call that rested on Paul's shoulders has been placed on ours as well. You and I have that exact same calling. The Bible's clear. We are to tell the world what Jesus has done for us and what he can do for anyone who would put their trust in him. Jesus told his disciples in Matthew 28 verses 18 and 19, he says, All power is given unto me me, in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore, that's not just his disciples, that's all of us, and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Mark 16, 15, he says, and he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every Creature, You know, when you feel compelled to tell someone about a crucified, risen, returning, reigning Lord named Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean that you're crazy. It simply proves that you are saved. If you know him, you, you can't help but tell others about him. Sharing the gospel is as natural to a child of God as breathing is when you turn your back on the world and you live for Jesus, what happens is you find yourself wanting to tell the world about Jesus. And it doesn't mean that you're crazy, it just shows us all that you are saved. Let me conclude here, let me close this message out. You know, in that courtroom where Paul was being scrutinized by the political leaders of the land, that day, It's amazing, but if you look at it, all the roles were really reversed. In fact, the only sane man in the room was in chains while the foolish men were running the show. The craziest people in the world today, contrary to popular belief, are not in places like mental institutions and uh, nursing homes and things like that. No, 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 no. The craziest people in the world are are, are those who are lost in sin and will not come to the Lord Jesus Christ. There are people who are bound by the darkness of this world, controlled by the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. They're not humble. These are people that can't be reasoned with. These are people that are so opinionated, so strong, so one way. They actually have almost got little God complexes. They're overcome by the cares of this world. The deceitfulness of riches and the lust for other things. The craziest people are those who hear the gospel and turn a deaf ear to it or reject it outright. Those of us who are saved must never be ashamed of who we are or what the Lord has done for us. We are not crazy. Now, if you have believed the gospel and trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior, as your Lord, if you've been baptized into Christ and are born again, you are saved by grace. Your sins have been all washed away. You're not crazy. You're just saved. The crowd that does not know Jesus, they're the ones that are running here and there, looking for love, help, and satisfaction in all the wrong places. We're not crazy. We're saved. But... We, like the Apostle Paul, have a duty to preach the gospel to the lost. We, too, are debtors to the cross. We are ambassadors and of a kingdom that we represent, the kingdom of God's dear Son, the kingdom of light. We must call people out of darkness and into His marvelous light. Today, I want to assure you that you're not crazy if you love Jesus. Although people may say you are. But we want to take this responsibility seriously. Right now with this COVID crisis. And all the stuff that's going on. More than ever. People need the light of the gospel. They need to be brought out of darkness. Out of fear. People are fearful. Maybe even you are fearful. You, if you're not full of the word. If you're not full of faith. It's very easy to slip into fear. Look. Look. I know that the newspapers and the press and the politicians and the uh, all this rhetoric and noise where well, you're being bombarded every day oh, everything's getting worse guys 99% of people without a vaccine 99% of people that get the covid don't die they recover 99% those are pretty good odds for you, you, I think that I would look at myself as part of the 99%. Now, do what you have to do. Be wise. Be careful. But don't do it out of fear. Fear is a terrible motivator. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love, of strength a sound mind. And we must fill ourselves up with the Word of God. We must find ourselves in the kingdom of light and not in this kingdom of darkness. Look. The people that are leading the charge, many of them do not know Christ. They only have one go-to place, fear. fear. They, They are fearful. And they don't know that there's an eternal life. They only believe that there's a life in this life, in this world. I tell you what, we're not crazy. We're saved. Right now, if you're listening to this message... And you say, man, I, I am fearful. There's somebody right now that can pray with you. There's somebody that right now can get you to a pastor. There's somebody that right now that can get you into a cell group where you can have your faith built up. That number on the line, right there on the screen. Pick the phone up right now. Phone that person. Phone someone. There's another person on the other end of that line that can help you. At least direct you to get help. We need to stop putting it off. Begin to learn how to live in the kingdom, live in light. I wanna encourage you, don't wait till tomorrow. Act now, faith is now. Faith acts now, now faith is. Begin to act on what God's speaking to your heart. Break those chains of darkness, break that fear. Step up, say okay, I'm gonna live by faith. Build your most holy faith. Pick up that phone, phone somebody. God bless you. We'll see you again next week.
0: Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that you were blessed and that God will continue to transform your life in this season. If you have a testimony or need prayer and counseling, please send a WhatsApp or a call me to plus 263-784-303900 or plus 459999. We want to hear from you and we're here for you and are ready to listen to you, to pray for you and to celebrate with you. So thank you. We love you and stay safe.